You're listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast, episode 007. Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Passionate DJ Podcast. Sorry if I got a little carried away with the intro there, but since this is episode 007, I had to uh, take advantage of the cheesy joke. So... Welcome, thanks for joining us. Um, have a couple of updates um, on, on the podcast and overall for PassionateDJ.com. I'd like to share with you real quick before we get into our main topic. The first thing that I want to talk about is the fact that the podcast is now available on SoundCloud. Uh, so I know a lot of you have probably been waiting for that for a long time, or at least some way to stream the podcast easily um, and subscribe to something where you'll be able to see future episodes of the podcast without having to, you know, check the podcast page all the time or check the blog all the time. So you could subscribe directly via SoundCloud. And I've also tried to actually sign up. Uh, I guess SoundCloud is is kind of dabbling with doing actual podcast hosting. In other words, hosting the actual podcast um, feeds uh, so that they're compatible with iTunes and, and various apps that people use to subscribe to podcasts. So they aren't that's not a public service they're offering. I think they're just playing with it, but I've signed up for their beta and hopefully uh, that'll help me with tracking stats and seeing how much you guys are enjoying uh, you know which episodes do the best and and just keep it all in one place. Uh, speaking of the podcast, there is also a, a brand new page on the blog specifically for the podcast. Um, I came to the realization that there was no one landing page for just, hey, you know, what's the Passionate DJ podcast about? So I've created one. If you want to check it out, you can uh, go to passionatedj.com slash podcast. And there will also be a link to the new SoundCloud page as well. Or you can just stream them directly from SoundCloud on that page. Um, so if you go and check that out, you will also notice that the main website has received a major overhaul. The site looks entirely different now, hopefully a lot better. Uh, you tell me, of course. F- feel free to leave uh, a comment in the comments section. But uh, basically, uh, I want to, just to be completely transparent, maybe you guys can can learn something here. But the way that I went about this redesign, for, for those of you who have been checking out the podcast and the blog for a while, you'll notice that this design is, is much clearer, much cleaner, and uh, just a lot easier on the eyes. Not that the old one was terrible, but it did look a little dated. And so... What I did was I actually have, uh, you know, this isn't my only website. It's my the main one that I'm focusing on, but I do have other websites for various things. 
And so what I did was I invested in a, well, first of all, PassionateDJ.com runs on WordPress, which is a blogging platform, um, which if you have hosting, you can uh, install your own instance of WordPress, and it really helps you easily manage uh, a blog or website that you need to constantly add information to without uh, too much hassle and knowing how to code or anything like that. My redesign is actually a WordPress theme, but it's based on a framework called Themify. If you want to check that out, you can uh, you can hit it up at themify.me or .me. You can buy uh, one individual theme for your WordPress site, or you can do what I did, which is to buy think it's like $69 a year and you get access to all of the themes that run under their framework and you can use them on an infinite number of sites. So for those of you out there who maybe you have a DJ website and then maybe you have a website for a promotions company and and this and that or maybe you have multiple aliases or for whatever reason, this is a really cost-effective way to be able to have a lot of really well-designed websites um, and not break the bank. Now, I'm not an affiliate for Themify or anything. I just wanted to kind of share that with you because it's really helped me out. So just as a little bit of bonus uh, information here, <clears throat> if you want to know how you can start building your own website with uh, uh, the level of quality that you'll see on PassionateDJ.com as far as the design and all that stuff goes, um, you can really do this for next to nothing. PassionateDJ.com is based on WordPress, which is free. The Themify framework was $69. I bought a, a domain name, PassionateDJ.com, from Namecheap, and there, I think it's like $5 a year for a .com or something. It's ridiculously cheap, whatever it is. So that, that gets you the basics if you just want an easy-to-update website and uh, a domain name, which I do definitely recommend no matter what, having a customized domain. Now, if you want to, obviously I have a custom logo for the site and everything, you can go to elance.com, odesk.com, or any similar site um, that is intended for hiring freelance uh, designers and, and, and such. You can get on there and uh, have a, a logo designed for your promotions company or your DJ alias or whatever it is that you need for fairly cheap. Um, another option uh, for really cheap that I've actually seen some pretty good results for if you do it right is Fiverr.com. If you go to, f it's F-I-V-E-R-R.com. That's basically, um, I will do this or I will do that for $5. And you can post up a kind of a want ad, like I'm looking for somebody to design me a cool logo for 5 bucks, or maybe you'll find somebody that just does that. So it's really low risk. You, you don't really have anything to lose there. If you're looking for a web host, I uh, would recommend Bluehost, which is a, a B-L-U-E host. They are, uh, I think it's five or six, I think it's six dollars or six ninety-five a month. It's unlimited traffic, unlimited space. I mean, it's 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 really a heck of a deal. I think they give you a deal if you purchase, uh, you know, like a year in advance or something. Um, now, Bluehost is not what PassionateDJ.com is hosted on. But um, I do have other websites running under it, and it's really simple to use. And if you're going to use WordPress like I do, it really helps because they have like a one-click install kind of situation there. So you can just say, I want a new WordPress instance, and it throws it up, and then you can do the rest. So if you want uh, a good website for your DJ brand or whatever, 
Uh, this is a really good way to do it. And if you want to use Bluehost, I do have an affiliate link for Bluehost. Um, and I, I always want to be upfront with that. If you go to passionatedj.com forward slash Bluehost and you sign up through that link, uh, it will be at no extra cost to you, but I will earn a commission off of that. And so if you choose to do that, I appreciate it. And if not, no big deal. Hope you uh, can use this information. Um, there are plenty of other ways to do it too, by the way. A lot of people like to use you know, Wix.com and that sort of thing, and those are all great. Uh, the technology on that stuff's really, really improved in recent years. So just a little bit of bonus information for those of you DJs and promoters and club owners and whatever who are looking to build a website or build a better website. Um, so hopefully that helps you out. Uh, just a little bit of backstory on the Passionate DJ Redesign. The other thing that I wanted to bring up was uh, this month, February 2014, is the one-year anniversary for PassionateDJ.com, which is super exciting, and you know I'm, I'm so excited more than ever to be doing this. Even just in the one year that I've been operating, I've built relationships with so many people and have you know, built the, the VIP list, uh, which is like my, my newsletter where I kind of put extra bits of content and send it to my most interested readers and listeners. Lots of likes on the Facebook page and Twitter followers. And, and you know, you guys really like to interact with me and I like to interact with you guys too. And I, I read every comment. I respond to every email that I possibly can. And I love hearing from you guys. So feel free to get in touch. But the part as part of the anniversary, I actually threw a show uh, here in, I live in Southwest Ohio. So we had a a one-year anniversary show. It was a blast. Um, I actually set up a DJ booth, or not a, not a DJ booth, but a table that had a, a tablecloth with a passionate DJ logo on the front. So it was really, it looked like a kind of a marketing expo type booth that you would walk up to at a job fair or something. It was really neat. And uh, thank you to my girlfriend, Stacy for buying that uh, tablecloth. It really set things off and people liked it. And I'll, I'll link to a picture of it. But uh, we had uh, information out about, on what the blog was about and what the podcast was about. Gave out download vouchers for uh, so that people could download the sets that were played that night and gave away uh, goodie bags. They were actually headphones bags that had uh, uh, various things in them and a little like mini flashlight for your DJ bag and, and stuff like that. So it was really a fun time. Um, for those of you who are local to me and made it out, thank you guys so much for coming out and making it just an awesome night. I've, I'm still getting comments, um, people just talking about how, how awesome it was and how much fun they had, and I really appreciate that. And I can't wait to throw my next event, which I haven't decided on yet, but that does bring me to my next thing, which is uh, I have started throwing events under the name The Revibe Project. That's R-E colon V-I-B-E, and that's basically just the uh, promotions company or group or whatever you want to call it that I'm going to be throwing events under. Right now, probably in the southwest o uh, Ohio area. Um, so if you, I'm going to be using this to do a lot of experimentation. So for those of you DJs and promoters who are interested in uh, me kind of being a crash test dummy as far as... Uh, trying things out in a small specialized market and trying to think outside of the box, um, you might want to keep up with it. So you could check that out at facebook.com forward slash revive project. That's uh, no colons or anything in that. That's just one word, revive project.
The other thing I've been working on is I've been uh, hoping to put some stuff on the YouTube channel. So um, I've been practicing recording videos, but I'm still kind of working on that. I'm not used to seeing myself on camera, and so I'm trying to still find my voice, which the podcast is helping with. But, you know, we're still early on, and so I want to make sure that I really deliver for you guys. So, like I said, I'm trying to find my voice, which kind of brings me to the topic actual topic of today's podcast, which is about finding your sound. So a while back, I wrote a post called Having a Sound Versus Having a Genre, and what the difference was there. So if you go to the show notes, I'll link to that post. But basically, I I tend to prefer the idea of tossing genres out the window. I don't want to say that there is no reason to have genres, I think that they are useful, especially for DJs, as a labeling tool. But I think people get way too hung up on it because when you when you have a specific genre and you talk about a genre, let's say trance, for example, if you're talking about trance, that's going to mean five different things to five different people. So what it does is it creates uh, what I call a layer of abstraction. Um, I think it just makes things confusing, and you know, it, you can you can use this with any style of music. If I say techno, I mean that's a big one, especially here in the states. Techno can mean anything. Um, if you listen to "Get Lucky" by Daft Punk, which is an example probably everyone's familiar with, you know, depending on who you ask, that song could be labeled as disco, funk, house, French house, techno. Uh, some people just call it pop, you know, because it's on the radio. So what good is it to describe your sound or to limit yourself to a, a sound based on what genre it is? Um, I'd rather focus on the elements of a track. It's not the genre that makes a, the, the track, and it's not the genre of, of a set that determines its overall sound. It's the elements of that, of that track. So in other words, what, what would you rather be known for, being a techno DJ being a hip-hop DJ, you know, instead of a techno DJ, maybe you're the DJ that plays all those dark, brooding bass lines and trippy vocals. Or instead of a deep house DJ, maybe you're that DJ that plays all those deep, synthy, feel-good tunes with 90s hip-hop influences, you know. Maybe you have some specific way that you like to present your music. You know, your sound can truly be your sound, but it's a lot easier if you... Stop trying to define it as anything else, you know. As soon as you start saying, I play trance, then you start looking for trance to play instead of looking for good music to play that fits your sound. So, basically, I you know, I hope that when people talk about me, they, I, I want them to talk about that David Michael sound rather than that techno sound or that Deep House sound or whatever. So... That's basically what we're talking about today, but I want to to uh, kind of rattle off a disclaimer here, which is that you know not everybody is necessarily interested in finding their own sound. So, for example, if you play at a top forty club, you know you have a job to do, and you're not you're not really hired at a top forty club for your musical taste. You're hired to please the crowd, and if they're expecting to hear radio songs and you don't deliver on that, you can educate your crowd if you want, but you're going to be educating an empty dance floor. So, 
you know, another example might be the wedding the wedding DJ. His or her job is basically to make the bride happy, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, to make the 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 bride and the groom and and the wedding party happy and and your job is not to educate the bride's family and friends on, you know, your particular underground music niche. So, you know, it's it's okay to if you're not trying to define your own sound. That's not what every DJ is trying to do. So for those people, you know, this this podcast doesn't apply in in those situations. I'm only talking about DJs who want to build a sound that's all their own. So the first place that I would suggest that you look to build your sound is in the past. Look in your past. Your past leaves clues as to um, how you reached where you are as a DJ or even a producer or um, even as who you are as a person. So if you, you know, look into your past, what were your influences growing up? What bands did you listen to? Uh, What DJs did you listen to? What uh, musicians, producers, whatever, what did you grow up listening to? And how, and not only that, but how did it define your musical taste as you know it today? It's possible, but unlikely that you just one day woke up and you're like, I wonder what progressive house is. And then you went and Googled it and then changed your life. And now you're a progressive house DJ. I mean, it can happen, but typically there is something inside you that you're looking for or, uh, something that that you grew up influenced by that defines what you look for. For instance, um, I pull a lot of my influence, uh, regardless of what genres I'm playing. You know, a lot of my influence comes from old funk and disco type records and electronic music that my father listened to. You know, I'm 30 years old, but my my parents are very young, and they had me when they were very young, so that might help. You know, a lot of people have a lot more age gap with their parents than I do, but I was very much influenced by, um, you know, Parliament and uh, <clears throat> Morris Day and the time and then uh, other more obscure electronic stuff like Tangerine Dream. Um, my dad listened to a lot of craft work. So all that stuff kind of came together to help define my, what I like now. Um, a lot of funky bass lines and and, uh, drum fills and stuff that I like could have been pulled and and sometimes are pulled right out of old, you know, funk vinyl. So another one is video games uh, for me, especially when I was very young. Uh, I grew up playing the Commodore 64, and that has really, I've noticed, made a difference and made an influence on, on the types of music that I like. The uh, legendary Sid chip that came in the Commodore 64 has a still has a huge following, um, but it kind of brings up an important point, which is just because I'm influenced by video games in the Commodore 64 doesn't mean that I play or make chip tunes. You know, I don't I don't stand in front of a crowd and play Nintendo music. Um, some people do, and that's fine, but. You know that's not the point I'm trying to make. It's like, oh well, I grew up playing Nintendo, so I need to put Mario sounds in every set that I play. I'm not telling you to define define a gimmick. I'm simply saying there are many things that influence the way you think about music, and you should think about what those are, and that might help you find your sound. So that's 
finding sounds, you finding your sound in the past. The next thing to look out look at is finding your sound in the present. So basically, simply what music do you like? What do you like right now? Not only that, but what music do you like to share with others? So that's kind of where the educating your crowd can come in. And you have to be very careful about that, by the way, in general, because not every crowd wants to be educated. Um, If you have a very underground-oriented crowd that you play to, um, then by all means, educate away. But, you know, like we mentioned earlier, if you're at a top 40 club and you're cramming, you know, obscure, uh, whatever, progressive polka house or something down people's throats they're just not they're not going to buy it and you're going to be out of job and out of gig so think about the music that you like what you like to share with others what emotions that you're trying to bring out in others so in other words um and this can change by the way per venue or time of day and that sort of thing but what is it that you're trying to get people to feel are you simply trying to get them to, to dance and rave out? Are you trying to stir up some kind of uh, uh, sad feelings in people? Or, you know, how do you empathize with your crowd? Is it just, you know, good feel-good tunes that make you feel uplifted and happy? And, you know, that's the sort of thing that I like to play. You know, I call it patio music. Um, if you're, you know, outside in the sunshine drinking a beer... I'll play differently than I'm playing in a dark, sweaty nightclub. But these influences come into play no matter where I'm playing. So think about the emotions that you try to pull out in others and and what your goal is, uh, what you want people to go home with by the time you end your set. Now the third thing, as you could probably guess, is finding your sound in the future. So in other words, you know, what sounds and ideas do you want to support and push forward? You know, this doesn't necessarily mean that you're trying to determine or guess what the next big trend is so that you can be a step ahead of everyone. Um, Actually, that's kind of the opposite of what I'm telling you to do. But what sounds do you want to support? What do you want to push and and deliver to your crowd? Also, you know, it's it's worth considering if you play music that is evergreen. Um, Now, let me explain what I mean by that. Evergreen or evergreen content is um, a term that is tossed around quite a bit amongst bloggers and um, you know news editors and that sort of thing. Um, and evergreen content is basically content that is always relevant or is at least relevant for a long time, um, instead of you know just a quick flash in the pan you know story. So, in other words, if you were if you were running a news station and you posted on your website that this Friday there were going to be severe thunderstorms, okay, that's not evergreen content. That doesn't mean it's not worth posting, but that's going to be irrelevant as soon as the weekend's over, right? So uh, evergreen content would be more something along the lines of how to be prepared in the event of a severe thunderstorm. Okay, so... As that applies to music, what I'm actually getting at there is, you know, I'm calling it evergreen music. It's music that's perpetually relevant. So, in other words, it stands on its own as good music. Um, it doesn't rely on, uh, in, you know, on gimmicks or fleeting trends. 
Now, that's not to say that, you know, some people might want to do the complete opposite and they want to represent an older, recognizable sound. But I think that's okay. I think that if you think that that sound is evergreen, then why not support it? Uh, For example, the Beatles. I mean, the Beatles have a sound and it's, they've been often imitated, but the Beatles are the Beatles and you know what the Beatles sound like. Um, Their sound is timeless. And I guess that's another way to put it. Um, it's, it's not one of those things where you're going to, you know, if somebody listens to your set, do they say, oh, I remember this, this came out in 2008, that's when autotune was going crazy, or I remember this, this must have come out in 2010, all I ever heard was, uh, big wobbly dubstep bass lines, you know, so if that's what you're into, fine, but I wouldn't call that necessarily evergreen music if they're just relying on a cheap gimmick that's whatever the, the hot sound of the moment so the next thing is you can look to find your sound in the void so what i mean by that is what's what is missing so let's take the context of a local small town scene do you think that you're the only person in your town that likes music you know likes the same music that you do because uh, if so, you probably should think again. It's very uncommon that there's nobody within you know the city limits of where you live that are going to appreciate the type of music that you like. They may not know it yet. They may have never heard it. But you know, it's more often the case that your style is underrepresented because it's underrepresented. In other words, it's a vicious cycle. It's, you know, so say you're a Deep House DJ and you're like, well, I can't get away with playing Deep House in my town. Well, how do you know that? Have you actually witnessed it? Have you tried? And did, you know, did anybody ever try to pull in those people? For all you know, there could be, you know, 200 people sitting behind a desk going, man, I wish I had a Deep House night to go to. If nobody tries it, you're never going to know. And by the way, that also doesn't mean that if it's been tried in the past and failed that it can't still work out i think specializing can be beneficial you're you're more likely to be noticed if you're the only person in a small niche versus uh, being amongst many in a large one so in other words if you go and you open a restaurant and you make burgers and fries and those are all your com- uh, combos are based on burgers and fries okay You choose burgers and fries because that's what all the fast food chains do, and it makes sense. Uh, That's what your biggest market is, but it's also your most saturated market. There are a million burgers and fries places. Now, if you're the place that sells pickles wrapped in pitas or, I don't know, whatever kind of (laughs) weird item that you want to come up with, okay, you have a lot smaller target audience for that, but you're also the only one doing it. So you kind of niche it down and then you you inherently become the expert of that space because nobody else is doing it. So, you know, you're kind of a, maybe you're a master of a hundred, an audience of a hundred versus, you know, being another name in the crowd of a hundred other DJs. So, however, um, a warning, pigeonholing yourself is not what I'm talking about. I don't want you to pigeonhole or limit yourself. I just we're talking about how to help define your sound. Not you know, this this isn't black and white. So another thing that you can look at is uh you can find your sound in the technicalities 
of the types of music that you like. So, you know, there are a lot of different things that contribute to a uh, particular mood or whatever that a song applies, I guess. So, um, you know, you've got major, minor chords, um, what scale it's in, its mode. Is the song or the, is your music collection really bass focused? I mean, do you play bass music? Is it f- more focused on melody or percussion? You know, do you like just playing straight up drum beats and mixing them all crazy? I mean, what it, what is it that down to back to the elements of the track? What is it that you are looking for? And, you know, maybe even get out a scrap piece of paper and write down what you're looking for. And maybe that'll help you, you know, when you're shopping for music. You know, I'm looking for um, big percussive techno tracks or I'm looking for stuff that makes me feel, you know, melancholy or whatever. You know, are you looking for rigid and cold like, you know, classic Detroit techno? Are you looking for warm and uplifting like, you know, the progressive house and trance of... I'd say the mid 2000s, big and in your face, like Electro House or, you know, popular dubstep. I mean, what is it that, what elements make up the tracks that define your sound? The other place to look is in your passion. So, of course, we can't not talk about passion on the Passionate DJ podcast. So, what kind of things do you find in tracks that evoke an emotional response that you want to share with other people? See, the thing is about being a DJ or really an artist or any other, I mean, a a hobbyist, anything that you're interested in about having a passion, the thing about it is that following something that's a passion keeps you interested. It's more rewarding. And I think that's why a lot of people really look to define their sound because they it's more rewarding to show people stuff that you found that they never would have found if it wasn't for you. And when that's something that you're excited about and that you, you know, it's music that you love and you're able to share music that you love, um, it's very rewarding and it, it keeps you interested. It keeps you from being jaded. So if you find yourself being just completely unfulfilled by what you do as a DJ, you know, maybe you're just not playing stuff that you're passionate about. If that's a problem for you, then maybe, you know, it, it is okay to, to scratch your own itch as a DJ, which I've, is another post that I've made um, a few months back. Just because you are trying to provide value and provide a service to an audience, that doesn't mean that you have no say in what you get to play. Like I said, unless you're doing a very specific job like playing a wedding or something like that, you know, you're allowed to express yourself through your music. Otherwise, there's no point in hiring a DJ. They'll just turn on an iPod. And so, you know, there's no, there's no, nothing that says you can't play music that you are passionate about. The trick is to find music that you are passionate about that your crowd can relate to. And you can find a middle ground that makes everyone happy. It keeps you interested. It keeps them excited. keeps them on their toes especially if you're building a fan base. And so that's the, uh, the final point, the uh, finding your sound and your passion. Now, one thing that I want to bring up here is that all the points that I've made, so let's, let's go over them real quick. The places that you can look to find your sound in your past, in your present, in your future, 
uh, in the void, in other words, what's missing, and whether that's in your local scene or uh, just in the world in general, you know, what what is missing, what is the empty puzzle piece that you can fill. Um, you can find your sound by listening for the technicalities of the music you like, um, you know, what actual elements make up tracks that get you excited, and then finding it in within your own passion. All of these points that I made can apply to promoters too, not just DJs. It, you know, referring to something uh, that I mentioned earlier when talking about searching the void. Perhaps your style is underrepresented because it's underrepresented. A lot of times, especially in a small market, you have to forge your own path and you know maybe start running your own events or promoting in different ways to find your crowd. They might not be waiting in droves for you. So the the key is constant over-delivery. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm experimenting with with the Revive Project. Um, so if you want to go back to the beginning of this episode, you can check out the Revive Project on Facebook. Uh, you can follow you know little experiments that I'll run where I'm trying to just constantly over-deliver. And by the way, the anniversary show that I threw under the Revive name for Passionate DJ... I did not make money on that show. I charged for that show. I charged a reasonable cover, and but I paid my DJs. I put together gift bags. I put, I mean, I, I put a whole lot of money into it and didn't quite break even, came close to breaking even, uh, which was very expected. Um, I, this was not a money-making venture for me. This was, A, a celebration, and... B, it was an investment in my scene and in, in my brand, both my Passionate DJ and Revive brands. I want to establish myself as somebody who throws high-quality shows, provides high-quality content, plays high-quality music. So I'm trying to establish a reputation. The thing that you need to do is keep on trying it and, and making mistakes and failing over and over again. Fail early and fail often, as they say. Because you're not going to just decide to throw a show and like, okay, there, nobody plays trance in blah, 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 New Jersey, so I'm going to start a trance night. That's not all it takes just because nobody else is doing it. So I don't mean to give that impression, but you might need to try it 10 different ways before you find a way that it will work in your town. So you have to constantly try and constantly over-deliver and you might need to invest a little bit um, in doing it a few times and not making any money. You know, don't make it your bread and butter until you've got your monetization strategy figured out if you're trying to run a business. So yeah, all of the points uh, mentioned today can apply to promoters and not strictly to DJs, um, which, you know, in, in this day and age, we're all kind of, uh, we all wear a lot of hats, as I say, or, you know, or promoters, DJs media companies, SEO experts. I mean, we have to almost be a, an entire business unto ourselves. And uh, so that's, you know, that's where Passionate DJ comes in. Hopefully, um, we, that's why I don't limit myself to talking about DJs or producers, because there's so much more to it than just playing music. There's a lot of things that go into that outside of that. And if I can help people understand how the industry works or small town uh, scenes work, uh, based on my own experimentation, the better. 
So there's one final point that I want to make, which is this. Now, I was giving some thought to this as I was writing my outline for this episode, and one thing kept popping into my head. And as it did, I actually tweeted this. I summarized it in a tweet. I wrote, uh, The truth is that you don't find your own sound. It's not something that you build or attain. Your sound should be something inside of you waiting to get out. So I'm going to read that again. The truth is that you don't find your own sound. It's not something that you build or attain. Your sound should be something inside of you waiting to get out. Now, what I mean by that is essentially, you know, I I can't be Daft Punk. Um, Daft Punk is Daft Punk. Nobody is a better Skrillex than Skrillex. Sasha is always going to be the best Sasha. As I was kind of doing some research, uh, deciding what I wanted to talk about, I came across a Reddit post which summed it up pretty well. And it reads like this. Having a signature sound is more of an aggregate effect from making many, many repeated creative decisions based on your personal tastes and sensibilities. If your personal style can be summed up by a single synth sound, you are probably a one-trick pony producer, or in this context, DJ. And nobody wants to be that. So overall, the key is to let your inner sound out rather than trying to tell your inner self what your sound is. Let that music shine. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Episode 7 of the Passionate DJ Podcast. And don't forget that you can check out all the resources and links mentioned in this episode at passionatedj.com slash 007. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionatedj or on Twitter at DJ With Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning.